Amen. Well, this is the third week in our series, and I've actually titled it The Gray Zone. And you can find these online or actually in YouTube. And if you Google Church for the Harvest, uh, you can subscribe, and, and, and you'll get these automatically as a notification on uh, YouTube. And, and we're, we're working on enhancing our YouTube and, and, and getting the word out uh, to people. Uh, if you like it, then uh, you can uh, uh, do that as a thumbs up. And so we also welcome our Facebook audience. Let's give them a hand. God bless you, wherever you're watching. Whether stateside or internationally, we welcome you and we bless you. We believe God is going to uh, uh, pour into your life here today. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Uh, our text is Romans 13. It's like, Pastor, when are you going to get into it? I am. I am. But I'm just, I had to set the stage for the last few weeks. And this Gray Zone series is just not only on, going to be on, I feel, Romans 13, but uh, a number of issues that I feel are facing and attacking our nation and what's going on in our culture here today. And what is our posture uh, as believers? And how should we respond? So I subtitled, this is the third week, Romans 13, what it can't mean. <laughs> so before we get into what I, I believe, uh, the direction of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome in those verses in Romans 13, what it can't say. Uh, Romans, our text, Romans 13, 1, 7, says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. I'm just gonna pull up so you can just see there our text here. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. And then it goes on and talks about rulers, not to be a terror to good works, but to evil, and don't be afraid. And, and so we'll delve more into that uh, as we move along. But last week we just talked about, I used the term hindsight is 2020. How many have ever heard that? Well, you can see a little bit clearer when things happen. You go, oh, you know, I should have, could have uh, done that. And uh, I believe that this is a time for clarity in this season. Say, so what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Every lie that you tell incurs a, 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 de a debt. So every lie that is spoken. How many know there's a lot of lies flying out there? And it's so hard for people, you and I, to find the truth. But we know the truth, so the truth is in God's word. Amen. And see, that's going to be the only, let me just grab my Bible, the only uh, determining factor in your life to know how to weed through the chaos that's going on is how much of the truth do you have in Amen. your life? See, because when there is no church service, and some churches are experiencing that, or when, when, when there's persecution going on, or when you don't have brothers and sisters hanging around with you to help you, to walk you along the way, come on, somebody, then, then what's going to hold you from doing the, to, to do the right thing and not do the wrong thing is going to be the truth. And what you have to pull up in that archive that you've studied to show yourself approved. It doesn't mean you've memorized the whole Bible, but you are diligent to know what does God's word say in this situation. How many with me say amen? amen. We need, so the truth of God's word is the stabilizing factor. And don't underestimate the power of this book. This is living. This is alive. It is the logos. Hitler tried to destroy it. Stalin, you know, Mussolini. The list goes on and on and on of those trying to destroy it. And when you're a young kid, you kind of just think, well, you know, especially going off to college, they're going to just try to destroy the truth of this word. But nonetheless, it still remains today. The word of God remains. How many with me say amen? amen. 
And so, so but, but every lie you tell, it incurs a debt to the truth. Sooner or later, that debt has to be paid. And we're seeing that today of the lies going forth. But here, I just want to declare, and I really believe this, that exposure is coming to the lies in all aspects of our government and, you know, even little things that people, you think, you know what, that was wrong. And you just know from a scripture standpoint, just from a moral standpoint, they shouldn't have done that. It's going to be exposed. You need to trust the Lord in that. And I've said this before, the wheels of God's justice turn ever so slowly but they grind ever so finely. <laughs> you don't want to be in the way of the wheel of God's justice. Can you say amen? amen? That's why our posture needs to be one of humility in this day and age. Amen? But also be bold. So last week we talked about uh, Hitler the last few weeks and, 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 and how he read into and he used Romans 13 to inoculate the majority in Germany at that time, which were Protestants. Did you know that? So it wasn't a nation that was amoral, immoral in a sense. They, they were, for the most part, the majority was Protestants and then Catholicism was next. There was millions of them and, and he, he knew that. And he used uh, Romans 13 and he set up emissaries that went into the churches, opened up the Bible and said, see right here, you must obey me. I am the authority, I am the government, no questions asked. And the Christians didn't know how to respond to that. And they just tolerate it. And we see the devastating results of, how many know Satan knows the word of God? Amen. He used it against Christ, did he not? Yeah. He used the word of God against Christ. And he said, well, does not the Bible say if, you know, you, you know, cast yourself down, and, and he's actually quoting the Old Testament and, and the Psalms, and how if you stub your toe, and, 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 and Jesus turns right around and said, don't tempt God. Don't, you, you know, so he, he used the word against the devil. We need to understand that, okay? So, so once again, it's easy to put up a Hitler pinata and just beat on that for a while. But here's the thing about Romans 13, this issue. It just, just didn't come up back in the 1930s, in the 40s. It's coming up today. Did you hear that? It's coming up today. It's coming up in a lot of places. You know, there's a news article, a California pastor, uh, it said, title said, he defied Governor Newsom's shutdown. And he's actually possibly running for governor. Interesting. <laughs> he said, the pastor said, we need to collectively take a stand. Pastor Greg Farrington, leader of the 3,500 member Destiny Christian Church outside of Sacramento. He said he plans to continue holding in-person services despite Newsom's uh, uh, second shutdown announcement. He said this, he said, if we don't take a stand, all we're doing is kicking the can down the road. We will be having the same conversations in three weeks, six weeks, six months, or even a year from now. Hmm. Most recent article, you've heard me make some statements about uh, Pastor John MacArthur from Grace Community Church in, in California and what he's, he, he's standing up at, an 81-year-old man that's served in the church for 51 years and is still going strong. And the guy's a soldier right now standing up for truth. But on September 10th, the, uh, this article reads that the judge bans indoor services at John MacArthur's Grace Church and is fining them $1,000 each time they meet. California court had issued a, this article here, preliminary injunction against Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church, banning them from conducting, participating, or attending, even attending indoor worship services until the case is resolved. And 
the judge ruled that the church must con not conduct any outdoor worship services unless it fully complies. And there's this list that's just an insane a list of complying. You can have only one person in the bathroom at a time. If you're in the presence of somebody for more than just a few minutes, you have to go home and quarantine for 14 days. It's on and on. It's like you just can't meet. You just can't meet. But we know the scripture talks about we should meet as believers on many occasions. We've talked about that. And so he just goes on. And so they ask him and they said, MacArthur called the ruling inexplicable. In other words, I mean, you just can't explain it. <laughs> he says, the judge said the scale tipped in favor of the, the, um, uh, the country. He said one one hundredth of one percent of Californians with a virus apparently wins over the U.S. Constitution and religious freedom for all, the pastor said. That is not what our forefathers said, nor is it what God says, who gave us our rights that our government, including the judicial branch, is supposed to protect. The scale should always tip in favor of liberty, especially for churches. And I say amen. And so, so what's going on today? Have we entered this gray zone? I believe we have. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking on it. And when it comes to this term civil disobedience, we don't like that. We don't want to have to think about that. And then we think of, okay, Romans 13. And so there's a lot of chatter going on about these verses and how Christians to respond. And, and I don't judge per se and other churches and how they handle the ruling. They're my brothers. They're my sisters in Christ. They are the family of God. Uh, those are the choices they make. But for here, you know, we're going to just do things a little bit different. Can I get an amen? All right. And so, so anytime you run into an unclear passage in Scripture or seemingly that seems like it's out of context of the passage you just read in the Bible, we are to interpret it in light of the more clear passages. So I'm going to try to do that here this morning briefly. How many with me say amen? amen. All right. Romans 13 cannot mean that God establishes authority, therefore they're automatically right when they act. Now I'm going to build on that. <clears throat> Whether it's a North Korean dictator or a U.S. state governor in some state, or our state, or whatever, that overreaches their powers and forbids churches to worship or not even allow home Bible studies... They, there's certain places that won't even allow home Bible studies in groups. All the while, protesters or casinos can open and strip joints and all of that. Uh, how many know something is amiss? Something just doesn't add up here. Can I get an amen? And so the conclusions that the Nazis took us back to in the 1930s and 40s, uh, lots of other people have taken that conclusion throughout history. And that's this, if, that if God allows these authorities to exist, that somehow they're right because they are established by God. And I want to say, um, that's a big fat no. Okay, I just want to throw that in. See, John MacArthur, he said this pastor, he said, uh, we, he said, look, we obey the law. When the law is righteous, when the people in authority are righteous, uh, when they are protecting those who do good and punish those who do evil, that's exactly what the verse reads in Romans 13. We're going to protect those who do good and those who do evil. And I want to build upon that right there. Uh, so if, but you think about it, that if God allows these authorities to exist, that somehow they're always right, rationally, that doesn't even make any sense. Why? Well, God allows you to exist. God allows me to exist. He's the author and sustainer of all things, including me and you. And I can tell you something about me that I know through tremendous amounts of empirical data gathering and my wife, I have problems. 
I make mistakes. <laughs> I say stupid things at times that sometimes are recorded. I mess up. Not all my choices and decisions are right. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, <clears throat> what does that mean? It means that both God, he affirms, he allows, and he created my existence. But watch this, watch this. He does not affirm everything that I think or do. Amen. Okay? So why would it be any different with a government that's made up of individuals who sinners of sin nature, and we know they're wrong about stuff. So this is a season, I believe, that we are in and we have entered into the church that actually you need to be encouraged that when we come through this season, I believe tremendous harvest is on the edge of the season. I believe that there's a tremendous positive breaking forth of God's kingdom and a furtherance of the gospel like we've never experienced before. Some of you go, well, really? You just hang on. Don't quit. Just keep moving forward. Amen? So, uh, but, but, but this is a season I believe we are to stand strong. We are not to cower in fear. Uh, we are to, to, to walk in obedience to God's word. How many of you know he is our king? Amen? Uh, in worship, stand up for truth. Stand up for liberty, because if you do not, you will lose it. If you do not, you will lose it. And there are people that are hell-bent on destroying our country. That's right. They're uh, to destroy the world. They, they, he said, how can this be? It's there. It's there. They're out there, and we're seeing that. And so, so I say, why? Uh, you know, you say, think about what's really, you know, d deeper what's going on. And I'm kind of going to end here in a little bit with this, uh, a verse on this. But something much deeper and darker uh, than just anger at America's history and heritage is going on. I really believe that. And, and, it, and it's, it can be summed up in this, a hatred to God. I want you to just think about that. So what, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? These, these violent acts we're seeing, and there's acts now that are even coming against churches, uh, even church property. You know, they torched a statue of the Virgin Mary in Boston. I don't know if you knew that, just torched it. What does that have to do with racism? What is that, you know, how, uh, the Virgin Mary torched it. In Florida, a man drives his car into a church foyer. He starts pouring gasoline over everything, lights it on fire to burn down the church. Uh, in California, they're toppling statues of missionaries. They were sent. Catholic, uh, some of them are considered saints that have, have reached people and, and advocated for the poor, tearing them down. What does that have to do? Come on, you got an awfully quiet here this morning, right? How many with me say Amen. So, so what it, thir, Romans 13, what does it really, what is it not saying? That's what I want to kind of talk about, this civil disobedience. Now, how many know in the Bible, John the Baptist was a righteous man? The Bible talks about that, that he was a preacher, preached righteousness and, and, and forgiveness and baptism. In the Gospels in Matthew and, and in Mark, um, recorded that Herod Antipas had John the Baptist arrested in prison after, watch this, the preacher condemned the king's marriage to his wife Herodias as illegal. So John, watch this, he starts meddling into something on in politics. And he said, what you did leaving, you know, your husband and going and marrying, you know, Herod was, was wicked. It is immoral. 
Now watch what happens. Illegal, because he had previously been married to her own brother, Philip, his own brother, Philip. So Herod, because of fear of the people, he initially resisted killing John. So he just put him in prison. <clears throat> because of the status, he was a holy man. But then his stepdaughter comes out. Basically, she was a stripper. And she starts stripping in front of the king. And then after that, he's like, wow, when? I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. What do you want? She goes back to her mother. Watch this. It says, I can have whatever I want. Give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Come on, somebody. Are you here this morning? And it happened. And they brought it in. It was just, how many know that's awful government? There is no try, you know, innocent and then prove we're guilty. Take them out, kill them. That's how they, they operated. Thank God at least we don't have that today. Can I get an amen? And so, why? John stood for the truth. And evil in the heart of man hates the truth. You need, to, you need to believe that because their deeds are exposed, their darkness. And so, so let me just say this. Just because God allows an authority to be in place does not mean that the authority is of God or is right and always acts rightly. Another thing it can't mean is that God only punishes bad people. So in other words, <clears throat> uh, through, through, through the government. And so I get why people will read this in verse 2. If you're reading it in Romans 13, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling what God has inst instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Man, it just seems pretty straightforward there, Pastor Mike. Notice, for rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authorities and do what is right, and he will commend you. How many, it seems so clear right there in that. But I think one prominent counterexample that I'll give you in a moment to interpret this as some kind of a universal blanket statement uh, would, be, would be this guy. This guy. Um, that would be Jesus. How many know he was righteous? Right? And we're looking at him on a cross. What happened? The life of Jesus. The Bible describes Jesus actually being a really pretty good guy. And I'd actually even go so far to say that he actually didn't do anything wrong, ever. Um, like, perfect. Come on, somebody. Like, for maybe 33 years. Uh, like, he never sinned. This kind of guy, okay? Uh, and the government still killed him. How is that authority commending Jesus for doing good? Come on, people. So either the Apostle Paul, in writing these verses, is completely unfamiliar with Jesus, who he personally met, okay, on the road to Damascus, and completely forgot all the other things he's written about, even the letter to the Romans that we're actually reading about now, or that, watch this, isn't a universal statement of what governments always do, Okay. So perhaps it's an ideal, but certainly not a universal statement. Here's some. I'm just going to run through these really quickly here, and we'll conclude. What about James? James the just, the Bible talks. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, they execute James. The Bible says, about that time, again, King Herod reached out to harm some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Wow. How many of you know there was no court trial there? There was no righteous governing at that time? Uh, just, just kill him? Unrighteous, unrighteous. But they were in authority. Uh, how many remember the story about Mary and Joseph? All right, come on. She's carrying baby Jesus. And the Bible says that they had to flee to Egypt. Why did they have to flee to Egypt? Well, infanticide. 
Herod was out to kill baby Jesus, to murder the child. Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until you return. Because why? Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. What? They're the government authority. These were set up by God, right? This, they, they, they're under God. Unbelievable. Herod is going to search. So, so we see here in the scriptures that God instructs Joseph, watches Mary, who's with baby Jesus, child, to leave the country because the government is after them. How about feeling being on the run? Now, I'm not talking illegally here. How I many you know they were innocent, all right? Um, but they were on the run. They were on the run. <clears throat> How about the story about Stephen being executed, Acts chapter 7? Another situation about standing up. Stephen being executed. Completely illegal. Legal, a righteous man. The Bible says when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious. And let me just back up here because I just put a little part of this a chapter. If you read through this whole chapter, it is amazing. They come and they sit around him and Stephen begins to give a discourse from the beginning of time. Brilliant man. And he goes through all the Old Testament. He all goes through, all brings them all the way up to the time where they're at right now. And they're listening and they're quiet. They're not saying a thing. They're not saying anything. They're listening to him very intently. And so then we pick it up here in verse 54. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious. And he, he said this. He basically attacked him. He said, it is you. You're the ones that are guilty. You're the ones that killed the Christ. You, because of the wickedness of your heart. Now watch what happens, what happens. Bible says, verse 54, at this they covered their ears and they yelled at the top of their voices. How many have ever heard somebody cover their ears and yell at the top of the voices? Don't raise your hand at this time. I have. Uh, you know, because usually in that scenario, situation, you've said something they don't like. You know, it may or may not have been true. I'm not saying that. But there's just something that they went ballistic. Not only that, what did they do? They did this, they scream, and then they went, Aah! they went after him. They drag him out of the city, and they begin to stone him. And so meanwhile, the Bible says, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of young men named Saul, who later became Paul. And as they were stoning him, this was just amazing, amazing. Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. And even it talks about how he says, look, I see heaven open. They couldn't stand it. Why? They hate to... This is typical. Hear me, my brothers and sisters, how truth is received when the wicked heart does not want truth. I know this personally. My wife and I, we've ministered, and some of you here have actually been on a number of trips that we went to New Orleans, Mardi Gras. We witnessed on Bourbon Street. Right there, the infamous New Orleans Mardi Gras. Like, that's the place. And it, uh, to say it's wicked... Uh, it's too kind of a word. <laughs> it is the most immoral, foul, filthy, uh, nasty place there, what takes place during and after. Even, you know, it continues on uh, down there in New Orleans. We go down there, and I have times walked down there, and I just walk, my wife and I just walk right through, and uh, uh, nobody will say anything to you. People are looking up at the balconies because people are flashing. They're doing all these crazy things, and there's nudity going on. And, and, and we just walk down there. Nobody will say anything to us as we walk down there. Then I carried a 10-foot cross. How many of you know that got things going? I would carry a 10-foot cross there. People would come and kick, throw beer, urine at me, and throw bottles at people screaming. I didn't say a word. 
I just carried a cross. Why? What is about that symbol that so inflames people? It's truth. It's truth. And people, when their hearts are hell-bent on evil, do not want to receive truth. They want to say, you are a shining example of the light of God. Don't be surprised if someone dumps on you and attacks you. You think, why? What happened? Why is that? If you're a believer and you're standing up for truth, that's just part of the job description, people. If they persecuted our Christ, they're going to persecute you. Got awfully quiet in this place. Awfully quiet. And at times we'd stand on Toulouse and Bourbon. I can remember the corner. And we would stand there, kind of be our corner, and have just a sign. And the sign wasn't an evil, hateful sign. Yeah, there are people that do that. They do it wrongly. They're not walking in in a love. They're just, just looking for trouble. We don't do that, okay? We just, yeah, we'll say the greatest message ever, or God thinks you're incredible, or something like that. God loves you and has a plan. But you need prayer, something along those lines. And we would just minister to people, and, and people would come by and sometimes they would just scream. Had a guy come up and just like scream, why? I mean like a lot more louder than that. Why? Why? And then he's turned around and left, you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> must have some here this verse, whatever, must have stirred something within them. Come on, people, are you with me? Matthew 15, 19 says, it is out of the heart that evil thoughts come as well as murder, adultery, come on, sexual immorality, stealing, false testimony, slander, comes out of the heart. Jesus knew that. Another thing I think this passage cannot mean based on the context is that you're not allowed to, to criticize the government, okay? Now, just, just follow with me. You know, how many know there was just in the news, it was in Iran, the wrestler. Uh, I was 27 years old, Navid Afkari. They, they tortured him into some confession, and actually our president reached out to not have him executed. They hung him. 27-year-old kid. Uh, you talk about having no right sin. And uh, uh, that's, how many know that's evil governing? It's evil, okay? Uh, in Luke chapter 13, 31, it's, the Bible says, at this very hour, some Pharisees came to Jesus and told him, leave this place, get away, because Herod wants to kill you. How many know that's a threat? How many know that's a threat from the government? Yep. Right, right? Now, now watch this, just, just watch this. It said, Jesus replied, go tell that fox. <laughs> it's an interesting word, I'll get into it in a moment. That I will keep on casting out demons. In other words, I'm gonna keep going to church. I'm gonna keep serving God. I'm gonna stand up for truth. I'm not gonna cower back. I'm gonna be bold. I'm not gonna be mean-spirited when I'm walking love, but I'm gonna stand up for what's right. I'm gonna cast out demons and hearing people today and tomorrow in the healing, excuse me, people, in the third day, I will accomplish my purpose. Wow. How many know Jesus was not a wimp? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> And, you know, but here's the thing that's interesting. I'm just going to throw this out there. Jesus calls Herod a fox. He's not just saying that he is sly as a fox, which some would interpret some commentators. Jesus is actually insulting him. For a fox is an unclean animal in the Israelite holiness code. It actually is. And here's the thing that's even interesting. If you look up the word, it's actually not even in the masculine form. It's in the feminine. I'm just telling you what I'm reading. I'm just reading it face value, people. And it goes on. It actually means a female dog. So Jesus is calling a government authority. Pastor, how could you say this? I'm not. I didn't say it. Jesus did, okay? 
He's saying, calling the government authority who God established a female dog. Uh, maybe it didn't have the same implications. I don't know. This is what we read, but this, the Greek is pretty clear on it. Uh, but I'm, and I'm not saying we need to go ahead and start saying, speaking evil of authorities. The Bible says not to do that, you know, in, in, in certain situations, calling political leaders names. But I'm just saying that the word fox in the Greek is obviously a derogatory term. And it seems that Jesus was fired up of the threat that he gave him. Okay? You know, how you know, Herod, he was evil. He had the head of John the Baptist killed. He was a womanizer. He was an adulterator. He betrayed and killed his own people, and he had them murdered. Not a good man. Evil governing. God did not establish that. God did not establish it. Another interesting point uh, about not criticizing the government. Peter and the disciples went to the temple, and they got arrested and flogged. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. Another verse here. The Bible says in the King James, Christ Jesus, whom you crucified, Acts 4.10, you and all the people of Israel must understand that the man who stands in your presence, which there was a healing, a tremendous miracle that took place, uh, with a healthy body because of the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Whom you crucified. It's kind of like, you know, when you ask somebody, well, I forgive you, but, you know, they add that in. Whom you crucified, but God has brought him back to life. He throws that point out, and I just thought, interesting. Peter is being very direct. He said, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. It's like Peter was calling them out for the wrong that they did. He was calling them out. Well, I think, friends, that Peter and Jesus were right, and I think something other than the rigid read of what Paul is doing in Romans 13 is taking place. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, another quick illustration we'll conclude here. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found, them, uh, uh, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. So he sent them to Bethlehem and said, watch this, go. So they're, in, they're, they're authorized by Herod. Make a careful search for the child. As soon as you found him, report to me. How many know if a governor or a king told you to come back and report? You would, right? So that I too may go and worship him. Baloney. How many know he didn't want to do that? He wanted to what? Kill baby Jesus, right? Are you with me here this morning? Are you all paying attention? Amen? So the Greek word for send actually means to dispatch, especially on a temporary errand to thrust or insert to another, go, I send you, find this child and report back to me. Whoa, here it's pretty fired up here. Yeah, we'll do that. Matthew chapter 9 through 12, it says, after they heard the king, what did they do? They went on the way, they see the star, they see baby Jesus, they worship, they bring their gifts, and the, you know, gold, uh, uh, frankincense, myrrh, and then it says in Matthew 12, it says this, and having been warned, and having been warned in a dream. How I many know oh, God still speaks today? Amen. And some of you, you're having dreams, you can't figure them out. You don't understand them. And you can only understand some dreams. I'm not talking a pizza dream, amen? And I'm not talking a flesh dream. I'm talking about a dream that really is stirred within you. And I, I just really sense that. There are many of you. God is speaking to you through a dream. You can't interpret it, but you can only interpret it under the presence of God and through his word and truth. But having been warned in a dream, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. How many know he was furious? He was furious. <clears throat> and that actually word in the Greek warned means to give a divine command by God, an act of God. It is a command. So in the dream, they warned him and said, do not go back to Herod. Do not obey King Herod. Go a different way. How many know if they would have obeyed what King Herod wanted? 
something would have happened. Not have been good. So God told, told these men, excuse me, not to obey the king's direct command. Seemed like it was a seemingly harmless command by the king, but they disobeyed the government authority that was in charge, the king. And they went home, the Bible says, a different way. And so they, you know, we know they're supposed to let Herod uh, find Jesus, but they didn't do it. They did something else. Stand with me if you would, please. I started this series talking about three words, especially in real estate, if you're looking for a, a place, a business to start, they're going to say three things. The realtors are going to say this. What? Con, they're going to say location, location, location. And that's it. You know, you need to be in the right location. Romans 13 is context. Understanding the context. While he's writing in Romans 13, Paul doesn't start from verses 1 through chapters 1 through 12, excuse me, and just talk about, you know, what's going on in the, in the Jews at that time that were dispersed into Rome. Then go, oh, by the way, <laughs> Nero's out there, and he's burning you alive, and he's feeding you to lions, and whatever he says does. And, and so that's, that's God. That's gospel. So you need to obey that. Wow. Romans 13 has absolutely, I believe, nothing to do with one's relationship to the government. And I'm going to get into this. Whether the Roman Empire, first century, or any government today. And here's the thing. I believe, I believe this is true. Let me see if I can pull this up. <clears throat> we have misunderstood, we have misapplied and missed the point of these verses because we have divorced them from their original context. In the original Judean context, specifically, the, the, the Roman believers, when they left Israel, went into Rome, they worshiped in the synagogue. And so Paul is writing about the authority, hear me, of the synagogue, not a government. Okay? He's saying the government is the synagogue. He says, do they not bear the sword in vain? We always heard what? The sword was the pistol. The sword was a Roman sword. In the Greek, it's the circumcision knife. The priest, he's talking about the rulership. You believers that are there in Rome, submit. They had no place to worship, so they worshiped in the synagogue, and they welcomed them those Gentile believers. And they worshiped in the synagogue. And Paul's saying, they pay the tax. Hear me. The tax is not to Caesar. It's the temple tax. It doesn't mean we don't pay taxes to Caesar, okay? But in this context, watch this, he's talking about the temple tax. It's the synagogue authority. And it makes sense while he writes and he continues on. Otherwise, it's totally out of context. Then we go, Kim Jong-un, you got to submit to that. I'm going to probably lose some respect from some of you right now when I say this, but in many of these nations, I've been into 50 or 60 nations, a lot of them is illegal to preach the gospel. It was wrong for me to go, but I went anyways. And thousands of people are saved. Churches have been established. Hundreds have been baptized in water, in the spirit. And I look and I still see the fruit today. Yuri was here a few months ago from Ukraine, and he shared some of the testimonies. Why? But being there, it was illegal. But I still went. Why? That authority doesn't know God. God is the highest authority. Okay? And so, so you know, we're not inciting rebellion. You know, and it's actually talking about, when it talks about authorities there, it's just talking about the rulers and those that lead. And I'm going to develop some of that. I'm not going to drag it out because there's other things I want to hit on. But, but it's the Judean context, specifically believers, worshiping in, watch this, the Roman synagogues. That makes all the difference in the world how these verses are understood. So more on that. But let me just end with this right here. 
with every head bowed, please. Jesus said, watch this, listen. John 3, 17 to 21. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But in order that the world might be saved through Jesus, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Precious words. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And then he goes on to say, and this is the judgment. This is the condemnation. Watch this. That light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their works, their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. Why? Lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that he may be clearly seen his works and that God has carried him. Every head bowed, please, here this morning. The reason there's such chaos going on in our nation because we are coming in a battle between light and darkness, and light always wins. If Christians stand up for truth, if you stand up, what does this mean? This is not a season for you to play Christian. This is not a season for you to be half-hearted. This is not a season for you to skate through and like, I don't need to read my Bible. I don't really need to build up and pray. I don't really need to. This is a season for you to dig deep. This is a season for you to worship God. This is a season for you to love God. This is a season to lay aside other things for the greater things. Come on, somebody. This is a season. And this is a season right now for you to get right with God. With every head bowed and you hear this morning, he said, Pastor, pay for, pray for me. I'm not right. I'm not right. I, don't, I feel I am in a, in a vacuum and, and I have given myself over to some things that now I, I regret. And would God ever receive me? Could he ever take me back? Absolutely. Absolutely. It just takes humility. Humbling yourself. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want that. I'd like us to pray corporately here this morning, if you would. And what you're doing is you're not joining this church. You may be a guest or visitor, or maybe an online, even through, through Facebook. You're, you're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. This is such an important season, an important decision right now for your life. So, Pastor, pray for me. Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, we want to help you. We want to get you connected. There's a screen up there for you to, you can log on to, and we'll get connected to you and help you along the way, get you plugged into a small group, and we can help you grow in your faith. This is a season of growth. This is a season that really, when we come on the other side of it, it's going to be such an exciting, joy-filled season. But right now, it doesn't seem it right now. <laughs> With all the chaos that's going on and the shootings and the murders and the violence and the hatred and the division, but only God can turn that around. No government, no president, no let, no, only God can do that. This is a season we dig deep, we stand for truth, and we move forward. Amen?